What is happening, folks? You know, a little rare intro to this. Uh, man, it was such an honor and a pleasure to talk to one of the founders of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, Wing Lamb. We got to spend a little over an hour together talking over endless summer, really talking more about this vibe that I've been on. You know, started with Cali Barbecue with Sean, you know, and it, it keeps moving and, and evolving, but it is this come to the table. It is this community idea. It is this sharing of how food is this glue that brings us together, that allows us to sit around and talk and you know, Wing epitomizes it really well with how he treats food and people and, and, and how his parents are and, and what that meant for him growing up and, and what it still means for him as a man today as, as they live on uh, Balboa Island and still go out and collect cans and plastic bottles and how that's infiltrated his, his, his industry and, uh, or, or his restaurants, I should say. So take a listen, folks. Hope you enjoy uh, we didn't do any uh, small business shout outs because, well, you know, Wahoo's is kind of a small business, so focused on them. But let me give you some love right now uh, to my dear friends at Independence Brewing, to my other friends at Fourth Tap Brewing. You guys are awesome, man. This was so much fun. I And listen to Wahoo's Nation and to Wing, you know, every week that I'm in, when I'm in California once a month, I get Grubhub to deliver me some Wahoo's. Why? Because it's that good. It's so amazing. So if you're in an area where you can get some Wahoo's, please support them. Check them out, especially with all the stuff they're doing to support uh, everyone around. So with that said, enjoy the time. Enjoy the conversation. I appreciate your ears and everything else. And uh, be good, folks. Be good. Bada boom, bada bing, party people. Let me tell you, it is an honor. It is a pleasure to bring the, the golf king of Coda to Kaza, the man, the myth, the legend, the slayer in the kitchen, OC's most popular, hands down <laughs> popular guy walking down the street. Kobe's like, can I get an autograph? The man, the myth, the legend, one of the men behind, hands down, the greatest place I ate when I was in college back in 1995, Wahoos. Fish tacos, ladies and gentlemen, Wing Lamb. Wing, how are you, sir? Great. What's going on? I love the fact that you got the NFL playing here. <laughs> got a little hat in the background, folks. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. I got you going. Yeah. Good, good, good. good. We are talking over one of uh, Wing's favorite movies. I asked him his top ten, and he shot me over Endless Summer, which is absolutely amazing. What What about this movie resonates with you so much? Well, it's one of those where, you know, it, one, it's old nostalgia. It was one of the first full length, right? Way yeah. back in the day. And the funny story about the, the movie, it, it, you, you only appreciate it once you get to know Bruce, right? And like, I mean, kind of bummed me, he's been gone for a couple of years. But sometime, I want to say probably about 20 years ago, right after The Endless Summer 2 came out. Okay. Because Pat O'Connell, we know we're in it. And I get a call from one of my fraternity brothers. Uh, Rich, the boss, and Rich goes, hey, you know, you got a truck? I goes, yeah, I got a truck. goes, I need to go pick up a bike. I'm like, a bike? Like a motorcycle. I'm like, okay, sure. She goes, can you drive me up to Santa Barbara? I'm like, sure. And we drive up to this ranch, and it's Bruce Brown's ranch. And I'm like, okay, kind of nice, you know, whatever. And then we, you know, mingle a little bit, visit, whatever. And then we walk up to this, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, you know, the, the, the garage, but it's one of those prefab, not part okay. of the house, like yeah, a warehouse, yeah. right? And, you know, made out of the aluminum, whatever. We roll up and Bruce has all these cars that he races. He does rally car races, I mean, motorcycles, just a bunch of cars and motorcycles. 
And on one section where these bikes are at, he goes, well, which one do you want? And Rich goes, hmm, how about that one? And fires it up, rides it in the back of my truck, and we leave. And I'm like, Bruce Brown just gave you a motorcycle. <laughs> well, I'm his art director. And I'm like, you're his art director? Wow. So he's kind of laughing, right? So we drive home. And a few weeks later, he goes, hey, Bruce thought you're a funny guy. And he realized that you're a cook, right? You want to go back up and play golf and we'll have lunch? I'm like, sure. You know, who gets to do this? So for the last 20 years up until, you know, he died, I go up there, you know, and then Rich moved away. But I go up there all the time. And when Rich moved away, I kept going because Bruce says, well, even though you're in Europe now, because when you can do artwork remotely, mm -hmm. he said, well, how have we come up? So when I said, well, instead of me cooking for just the two of us, I know you have other kids, you know, like daughters and, and they have grandkids, whatever, have them come by the house. So all the grandkids like, are you kidding me? I'm gonna go over and have lunch, <laughs> right? So we were cooking and just kind of chilling. We play some golf and just shoot around and just, you know, it was fun. So I did that for like the last 20 years. And I was actually with Bruce uh, about a week before he passed away. We were there with my family. We got to see him. And he had asked if, hey, do you want to come back up next week? I'm like, oh, it's a long drive. I'll see you after the holidays. And, you know, he fell and, uh, you know, the rest, you know. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. But we had to spend a lot of time with him. So it just became one of those where I not only enjoyed the movie, but I got to work with him on, uh, I did the premiere for Step, uh, I mean, let's see, Dust to Glory, Step into Liquid, Islands in the Stream, and also the, in the summer too. So I just kind of was one of those guys that always did the food around the premieres. And we became good friends. And his running joke is why I would make crispy tacos because all mine are soft, you know, whatever. Yeah. So whenever um, he would come around, I have to fry some tortillas for him. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing because that story and, you know, we've met three times. Yeah. First time was in 1995. Um, and the second time, I don't remember the date, but I was working with a uh, uh, underwater or not uh, like a, a snorkeling company, uh, oh. Cindy Walters. Oh yeah, Cindy Walters. Yeah. Yes, I was, I was high school with her. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was consulting with her, and, and we well, we all met at the same restaurant. And then the yeah. one, and then the third time was once again. I mean, over last time I was in Orange County, which was living there a while ago. I think it's like fifteen years ago, maybe longer. Golf course in between tees somewhere, and yes. so you know it's. <laughs> It's such a crazy small world. And then, of course, you know, as I was saying, I mean, I lived at Bristol and Baker. Oh, right there. Yeah. I mean, third store right there. Come on. That's just that's the spot, you know. But as you're telling that story, this whole idea of sacrificing for a friend, for yeah. the people who just moved to L.A. or Orange County are like, what's the traffic like? I don't understand. You know, <laughs> what you described as driving up to go get a bike is a, it's an all day commitment. Oh, yeah. You know, and so to have that, to do that, and then create this touch, this little energy where it's like, oh, you're liked. Hey, that's very cool. That's very awesome. You should go back again. It is so reminiscent of how food and coming to the table and what it means. And it's one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk with you because your food inspires college kids, it inspires young adults, it inspires people who have gone and seen a movie, but it inspires them because it's not the focal point, it's the glue. It's this moving thing 
that yeah. shared because let me just get a bite. We just a little get that little bite. And it's like that's got Mr. Lee sauce on it, son. You better like a little bit of heat. Let's dance. <laughs> and I oh. and I wonder because I talk about this and I get goosebumps and I apologize. My questions are so long, but you know when you're preparing food, you know, and you, you know you, you're famous for having people over for big dinners and you know and or going to their house and doing stuff. Here. What's that energy like for you? you know, that you think is translated into the success that is Wahoo's? It's the whole, like you talked about, it's the community getting together, right? I'm the glue or I'm the food, right? You can't (laughs) have community. And all you got to do is watch all the old sitcoms, right? Starting with Happy Days, then Cheers, uh, Beverly Hills 902. They always had this place where everybody hung out, right? It's kind of weird because... Of all the things, the majority of the scenes, like I remember as a kid in Happy Days, right? Is that the diner, a diner, whatever the diner was, right? Mm -hmm. And Al was there. And that's where all the fun stuff happened before they went out, right? So you you always have this gathering. So I've always, you know, I guess subconsciously, I always thought it'd be fun to have this place where surfers hang out before or after. And you'll be talking about all the things that you did or you're about to go do, right? <laughs> and if you look at it, it, that's just kind of what we did. And the surfers invited their skater friends, invited their BMX friends, and just kind of became this place that you went before or after you did whatever you were going to do. And, you know, and then you came back and you shared the experience, right? And then at some point, you know, not too far into my business career, they're like, hey, kind of nice to come here. Uh, how about you come out to us, right? And I'm like, why not? Yeah. And that's literally, the rest is history. I mean, we've pretty much done almost every event under the sun, you know, and the the farthest we've gone from home base, I call it, from Minnesota for the X Games. Uh, we've been all to almost every resort in North America, right? And just, and people are like, but you don't have a kitchen there. It goes, well, you can order food ahead of time <laughs> and you use your kitchen, right? I mean, imagine, the, the stove's still on turn the same way in Minnesota as they do in Montana, as they do in Southern California. They <laughs> click, click, right? It's quick. And the fun part is like in Minnesota last summer at the X Games, we were making walleye fish tacos. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Dude, I bet. It was unbelievable. Blackened walleye fish tacos. Mm. Now you are one of those true places that doesn't, drastically change their menu like i look at in the in the in the world of food right there are some they're like budweiser they've got their bud and bud light and those are their mainstays and then everything else behind the scenes from a seltzer to a a beer with clam juice in it they're throwing at you just trying to get you to drink it they're like how about this one can i get a third horse (laughs) and then there are the purists you know that it's it's you and in and out and and a couple others are like here's our menu we might add and take some things away a little bit here and there but Here's the purity of it. Yeah. Does that go back to your roots of, and, and still are, uh, your love of the ocean and surfing, that purity angle? Yeah, because at the end of the day, when you're eating at a lunch truck in Hawaii or a taco stand in Mexico, these are the two closest to us. Now you got Costa Rica, you got everybody else. But remember, in the 70s and 80s, this is our first two road trips. One was driving, one was flying, right? So the simplicity of it was a little rice, beans, or, you know, down that way with some tacos, or you had, you know, mac and cheese and maybe, you know, some grilled teriyaki meat, right? But it was very simple, not a lot of sauces, right? Because one, 
these little food carts or food trucks were very small. So the idea was make it simple and just make it good, right? So that's the whole thing, you know, whether it's sweet or spicy or salty, but just make it good. So mm -hmm. that's why you don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of time to be doing all this stuff, right? So the ingredient has to be simple. So it wasn't one of those that I thought of it, but when you're in Mexico, you got the little salsa bar in front of you yeah. and they give you whatever the taco is and you kind of, you know, oh, I want this, I want that one, and that's it. And then you wolf it down, because can I have another, right? Where in Hawaii, you get the plate lunch and you're like, okay, you got a scoop of this, a scoop of that, and a little bit of teriyaki and you're golden, right? Because the kitchens are small, uh, you got to move, you, you don't have a lot of, you know, space to hold all this extra stuff. So you're looking at maybe one or two ingredients here, one or two there. And I kind of say, you know what? That's the way it should be because it's simple and it rotates. Everything stays fresh. It doesn't sit there, right? Because you don't have time, right? Yeah. You don't want to, you know, hold what you can and you don't have time for all these other things that are just taking space and not necessarily moving. Absolutely. You know, I, I mentioned it uh, once uh, about your your love for surfing and then also your, 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 your love for golf as well, two sports that are, <laughs> it seems like the ones you can't perfect. You've picked those, thanks, right? You're like, here's the bar, I'm gonna raise it up. It's like, you know, just bring it up a little higher. Yeah. I, your endless summer for golf. Let's take the not obvious one. How do you, where do you travel? Where are you going for, for Wings endless summer of golf? And then let's figure out how we get some Wahoos at each one of those events at those golf resorts and let's get them to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I, luckily for me, I have, you know, I, it, my life is all about having great friends, right? So mm -hmm. in the world of golf, uh, again, probably about 15 some years ago, 20 some years ago, I met a guy named Eric Feld, who went on to become the CEO of Club Corp. And Club Corp pretty much owns a gazillion golf courses in North America. They're the largest, I think, holder and management company of private golf courses. So locally, Cota de Casa, Old mm -hmm. Ranch, and Beach, yeah. at least are their golf courses. So through that, that world, it was one of those where pretty much anywhere you wanted to go where you thought, hmm, I've always wanted to play here with one phone call, you get a tea time. Right. So that's around the country. But one of the coolest places and hardest to play here is Riviera Country Club. That is kind of like, again, it's ultra private. Mm -hmm. You've got to know somebody there. And again, having a good friend named Michael, who is the managing partner of that golf course, pretty much, you know, hey, Michael, I'd like to come up. But I don't abuse it, right? Yeah. But the invitation is always there to come up and have some fun with him. But that's the kind of stuff. It's 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 a combination of golf course and the people you're with, right? Sure. I mean, having I great friends that have access to amazing golf courses makes it really fun. Kind of like surfing, right? Yeah. Kind of bummer because if you if nobody sees you catching that wave, guess what? You never got it, right? But if your friends are out there hooting and hollering, you know you got it, right? <laughs> you know, or, you know, or you make a, you know, it, it's also the other thing. I mean, you learn from your friends. They're the hardest on you. You wipe yeah. out bad surfing, right? Everyone's like, hey, oh, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to be at the taco truck and they're like, hey, no, show her your, your, your other shiner. It's just like, hey, let's get a taco, please. You know, it's like, no, he's got sandburn all down his back. You can do it yeah. through all those things. And then your friend will also come over and be like, hey, if you put your foot here instead yeah. of there, yeah. you're going to be more stable. All right. Yeah. And then at the same time, then trip you as you try to skip back to your truck because you got the advice you needed to catch the next wave. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
but those are the best friends. Those are the best people. You know, your, your golf analogy is spot on, man. You got to be around people. The last fun one I did, uh, we did the uh, George Lopez Celebrity Golf. Oh, yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. And it's so much fun, you know, and the, everyone's having a good time, but you're also being competitive a little bit. You're just having, oh. you know, it's because there's some really good prizes at that, at that one, but it's still, you got to grab a couple of friends. You're making a couple of new friends. That environment, that thing, it's interesting. And I keep touching back on it because it's so cool. It's like whether it's surfing or golf, you know, it still comes back to, it, you're still at a table. Yeah, the table's moving in the sports, but you're still at a table. There's still this thing with, with the people you're out there with that have a connection with it. You know, if you take someone who's never golfed before to go golfing with you, and then you got two other buddies that are golfers like you, that fourth person could be as close to you guys as could possibly be and not have the same experience, not the visceral, the yeah. little things. Yeah. But the thing is just like surfing, you know, everybody's going to be out there. If you're not that good, like you're right, you're not going to have as much fun as the guys that are, you know, locals and they kind of know the wave. Same with the golfer. Right. But at the end of the day, I try to be inclusive mm -hmm. because at one point, we were not as good as the people, right? We were those yeah. turkeys, right? So uh, we've had one of my buddies, Cordell Miller, who makes surfboards, right? He and I probably had one of the best rounds we've ever had together, playing with two guys who were complete hackers, right? But it was fun because they were riding together. We were riding together. We we're at Wilshire Country Club, and we had a great time. And again, same thing. Lakers golf tournament, lots of celebrities, lots of fun, right? And we had a great time because we were having fun and they were having fun and together we're like hey whatever we weren't gonna go oh my god you suck it is what it yeah. is you are doing the best that you can and as long as you're having fun that's what it's all about right so same with surfing there's guys out there i'm like oh my god you suck but you know what they're doing the best that they can and i'm sure guys are looking at us going god you guys suck what are you guys doing out here right <laughs> so every, there's always gonna be somebody better somebody yeah. worse right? just yeah no i like fun. that attitude and approach and it seems like that is the, the striving to be better always, yep. but the community of come on in, okay, you didn't do this right. That's, you're still here. Let's yep. just learn to be better is yep. like the attitude of walking into a Wahoos. You yep. walk in, you got the person like, how you doing? Boom, boom, boom. You want this, you want this. Oh, I didn't know there's two kinds of beans. Someone's like, hey, moron. <laughs> oh, yes. you didn't know about the rice? You know, no one could. First time, oh, you guys do more than fish tacos. Someone throw an egg at that person. Get them out of here. Of course we make more than fish tacos. I mean, I was a kid fresh off the boat from Montana. I see fish tacos and I was like, I've been catching fish my whole life. Never put it in a taco, never yeah. will. You know, two weeks later, my resolve, real strong wing. Two weeks later, I'm in line going, there's steak? There's oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and uh, no one beat me up or yelled at me for being uh, a food moron. We had, fun. <laughs> we had a lot of fun, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's you're uh, you're originally your family's Brazilian, correct? Yeah, oh, my both my parents are Chinese. Chinese, okay. They immigrated to Brazil in the um, late fifties, so I'm I'm born and raised in São Paulo, Brazil. So I'm a Brazilian citizen, but full blooded Chinese. Full blooded Chinese. Brazil, one of my favorite countries I've ever been to. 
I love the environment and I wonder, you know, how much that environment has influenced the way of who you are with the success of Wahoos. San Paulo, Bahara, Rio, Buzios, <laughs> all those places have one thing in common that I've seen. You can have a dude in a suit yeah. sit down to have lunch and a yeah. dude in a Speedo will sit down next to him and there's no beef. There's no, ugh. there is, this is pretty good, isn't it? And I see that kind of in you. I see that in your restaurants. And I wonder how much of seeing that allowed you to continually be who you are as you became more and more successful. The interesting part is like when you see people, I, and again, I can say it because I, I have color in my skin. You can't say it. But like when you meet somebody from the, I call it like Jamaican, St. Mm -hmm. Bart's, even though they may be black, they don't have the attitude that the same person of color in America would have. Okay. And it's because like Brazil, wherever they're from, there is no like vibe. Nobody cares that you're yellow, black, or brown, or white. We just know that, hey, you're yellow. Okay, good for you. But it doesn't mean you're any better or worse. Where in America, there's a little bit of, ooh, he's brown, he's black, and maybe he shouldn't belong, right? Mm -hmm. So the segregation that you have here and this whole social economic, all the stuff, right? Yeah. You don't have it in other countries. I'm sure in Europe you have it, I'm sure in Asia you have it, but the people that were colonized, which is basically all of Central and South America, we were all like second countries, I call it, right? Mm -hmm. So because everybody kind of became this melting pot, Nobody has this attitude. So if somebody's white or yellow to me, it's like, okay, whatever. That's the skin, you know, the color of your skin. That's not who you are. You can be whoever you want to be and have the attitude you want to have, but it's not going to bother me, right? So that's what I have because if you meet people from Jamaica, it's the coolest black guys you've ever met in your whole life. They're like, hey, and you have that whole island, you know, and that's the same thing when you meet Asian people from Hawaii, they got this whole, hello, huh? you know, it's super mellow because they don't think they're Japanese or Vietnamese, they're Hawaiian, right? Yeah. So there's all this stuff from all these other where it was more of a melting pot. But when you go to Asia, trust me, the Japanese, the Koreans, the Chinese, they all, like in Europe, they don't like each other. And I'm yeah. like, you guys are all about the same color. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you're this and you're that. And I'm like, what are you talking about, you know? So I see it here, I've seen it in Europe, I've seen it in Asia. But when you go to South America, you know, it just, you don't see it as much, right? I and mean, if yeah. it, nobody talks about it. I didn't, the only, the only thing I saw was the way they described people that lived in the Bavelas. Yeah, the yeah. You know, outside of that, you're absolutely correct. And even with me, I mean, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm down there, I'm 6'2", almost 6'3", 220 pounds. I'm in board shorts and there's like, go buy a Speedo. And I was like, I don't think you want to see all this. And so it's, like, it's more comfortable for us if you're in a Speedo than yes. in your board shorts. Yes. yes. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to be the ugly American. I'm like, all right, if everyone's doing it, I'm in. <laughs> and I got so used to it spending almost a month down there. Yeah. I'm coming back. I'm going swimming. <laughs> Dropping the board shorts, I got speedos on. Everyone up in Newport's like, "Whoa!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like in Europe, right? Everybody wears speedos. Yeah. 
I was, I was in heaven. <laughs> it was great. Where in your travels, you know, I'd like to know most interesting food or, you know, as, as far as just not necessarily, like, is there a dish in your travels that sticks out? Like I think about, when I think about dishes that stick out, I, I, two always pop into my head. Any smoothie I got in Brazil, which was just all the berry frozen together, and then they yeah. just put it in the blender and it bangs around in there for 10 yeah. minutes. <laughs> and you're like, you're gonna break the blender. And they're like, you want a fresh smoothie? I'm like, yeah, I really do, that'd be great. Those were the, those, some of those, and then a little, you know, maybe toasted granola on top. It's one of the best things yeah. I've ever had. And then um, Northern Thailand mm, and having this Koh Soi Ga really amazing red uh, soup that had big, big mustard leaves in it, super hot. And then five uh, drumsticks fried that were just sitting in there and then some noodles. And I remember telling the guy, I said, I want this hot, but not white guy hot. I want it. You're hot. You're real hot. And he's like, no, you don't. So he brings it out hot. And I'm like, I need it hotter. Next day, brings it out hotter. I'm like, bro, I want the top of my head to be wet. I want my hair to just, I don't want this feather. I want it to hang down like a sad person. He's like, fine. He makes me another one. <laughs> and then all the kitchen staff, his head around me, you know, they're just like, what's going on? I took a bite. My cheeks turned red. My mouth, I got an instant hiccup. I was like, this is perfect, you know? <laughs> when I think about those dishes, those the things that are just memories, those are the first two that always pop into my head. And I wonder for you, like, what's some, what are some that pop into your head and, and maybe they inspired you or, or maybe it's just, just a beautiful memory to have? Well, it's funny, is the first time uh, when we moved to, from Brazil to the United States, uh, the first, I think, Thanksgiving, or whatever the first major holiday, and I want to say Thanksgiving, right? Mm -hmm. You got the turkey, you got all that stuff, but because my brother at the time was married to a Korean gal, her whole side of the family, Korean, right? Yeah. So they ate their traditional dishes, right? So we had, for the first time, the kalbi ribs, which did the cross section, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. So that inspired us to have our Maui bowl, right? Because oh, we it's well, right? Because that was the first time I had teriyaki the way they did it. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, this is absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we tweaked it a little bit because again, people weren't used to that kind of, you know, uh, I guess sauce at the time yet. So we True. tweaked it a little bit. And then the other one that I remember, and again, food always tastes amazing after you've been out all night. Oh. We know about, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. That, that burrito, whatever it is, that two in the morning, three in the morning, late night. So in Japan, after I graduated from high school, I got to spend about a month in Tokyo, uh, hanging out with one of my dad's best friends, Sunday, who we were friends. And every night, I remember after wherever we were at, we they ride the, the train back to our little Asagaya station. That's all I remember. I have no idea where it is, but the name <laughs> Asagaya is always there. We come off the, the track and there'd be this little guy making ramen, okay? I have no idea what's in it. I don't know. I don't want to know what's in it, right? But yeah. it was absolutely amazing. And you just wanted to sit there and slurp every little, you know, because one, for the whole day, we were eating, I call it a really funky Japanese food. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? So all day long, but you have to try it because, you know, 
unpolite not to eat everything, right? So you're like, oh my God, raw, 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 you know, this, this. And ramen, I knew what it was, right? So at the end of the night, I'd be starving to death and maybe a little drunk, but this bowl of ramen, and you're literally sitting on a Coke box, right? On the side of the road. And I remember like 350 yens, which is like maybe three bucks or whatever it was, but it was amazing. So I always dream of that ramen like 40 years later because it was so, but it might've been the fact that I'd been drinking all day too. I don't know, right? But it's just the combination. No, I mean, it's the combo, but that's the power of food, right? You gotta, you know, it's, it's funny. When you think about that memory, you know, I, I, I say give pause and think about the cool thing that you have created something that's done that yeah. for people, right? <laughs> well, I mean, fine, you know? <laughs> you're part of like real crazy memories. Yeah. You know, that's, no, that's pretty awesome, right? I think I like the teriyaki. I think most of our friends enjoy it. Yeah. And that's basically the fish taco is a different version of that because after surfing, you're starving to death fish tacos, 50 cents. We ate about a dozen of them at a time. Amazing. <laughs> but then they were fried. We grill it to be a little healthier. That's really the only thing we did differently, yeah. you know? But that's, the, the, so everything was inspired by all these road trips that we took. And I said, that's the way I want to make it. So. Just make it, that's, and it's perfect, man. It really is, you know? Uh, when the pandemic hit, it's, you know, and then all the craziness has, has happened with COVID and, and still does. and. You know, uh, there are states with different regulations and everything in between. Um, you guys did something really interesting. You gave back when you, when everyone, any economist, any person trying to buy toilet paper or Lysol spray or a, or or a paper towel, yeah. would have said, "Hey, you gotta you gotta guard the hen now. As you guard the hens, yeah." And you gave back one. I want to know what what planted that seed in your heart yeah. right because i know what you're doing now is planting that seed again in other hearts and hopefully for yeah. your 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 youngest that seed is being planted you're right but i want to know who planted that seed for you mm. and then i want to know where that courage came from when everyone else is saying no okay so the first thing you gotta remember is like my mom and dad are absolutely crazy right they live <laughs> on Balboa Island. My mom is getting ready to turn 90 in a couple of weeks. Okay, we're celebrating this. Uh, actually, in a couple of days, we're gonna celebrate, right? Nice. So our neighbors, probably some 30 years ago that we know, because we grew up, my parents, you know, were on the island, and uh, they called us, I'm like, what is up with you guys? Now that you guys are all rich and famous, and you got this Wahoo's empire going, blah, 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 blah. What are you doing to your parents? And we're like, what are you talking about? What do we do to our parents? They don't need anything. They've retired and they're happy. Because why do you make them go pick up empty plastic bottles and cans out of trash cans? And I'm like, what? Because we see your parents and they walk around the island and at the end of every street, there's a trash oh, yeah. can. And my mom and dad would reach in there and grab empty bottles of plastic and, and aluminum cans. But they were doing it to let the people in the church know that it was not beneath them to do what they were asking them to do. Lead by example, right? And That's our problem. neighbors are like, 
oh, that's what your parents are. Because yes, they walk around the island every day. They might as well do something productive. So they pick up the empty plastic and the empty aluminum cans and they take it to their church on Saturdays. We collect at all of our restaurants and then we give it these gigantic bags of plastic and aluminum to my parents, which they in turn take it to their church <laughs> and they turn it into money. So we're doing it, my parents are doing it and like, so it's not beneath them. So it's always been instilled in us since we were kids. Like we talked about, there's always gonna be somebody with more money, but there's always gonna be a lot more with less. So if we're in a position to help, we should. You don't have to, right? But it does kind of make you feel good. So we've always been, a, you know, like charity. They have this word now, cause marketing. It's charity. We've always done it. It's just been a part of our DNA because whether it's church related, environmental, kids, it's always been a part of who we are. Yeah. So a huge chunk of our marketing dollars. Now we can say, well, it's used towards cause marketing. We would have given them to them anyway. You know what I mean? But it's nice that you get your little logo on the app. <clears throat> Whatever. We didn't do it for that reason. We did it because we could make a difference. So fast forward till now, when the pandemic hit in March, you're talking about all these restaurants that were fully functional with food and overnight in less than two days, it dropped by 85%. So we had all these walk-ins full of marinated stuff that guess what is about to go anyway. So I have two choices. Do we throw it in the garbage or do I find something to do with it? So I'm like, hey, before it goes anywhere, might as well make deliveries right to the hospital. So that's how the whole thing kind of got started in the beginning. Then I roped in my friends because my brother then turned around and goes, hey, by the way, very good of you to repurpose what we're about to lose anyway, right? But more important, we don't have money. What are you doing giving all this stuff away? It's one thing when you're making money and you can be charitable. It's another not to. So Eric and I, when we all called each other, goes, well, we need to think about what we're doing here strategically, right? So we're gonna go make the deliveries, but we gotta think about how to sustain this. And we looked around and goes, guess what? There are no events going on. So we got, got together and we called each other, goes, hey, let's get our events guys together. So Yogurt Land, Cliff Bar, uh, what do you call it? Hint water, monster energy drink. The same thing, their product wasn't gonna expire for six months, but there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go sample yeah. all this that was available. So I says, why don't we do it together? Instead of you going at 12 and I go at three, why don't we go together? And that's where things kind of rolling. And it goes, and it'd be kind of nice at a certain point for us to get a little bit of money to cover some of the hard costs so that we don't go out of business. Mm -hmm. Because we're getting ready to close a bunch of stores down at the same time. So Wendy from KLS said, I'll tell you what, I'll help you a little bit with the radio because then we'll give you some awareness. So they started to go funding part on KLOS. And the rest of us, Eric kept calling and I started asking all my friends, he goes, what are you doing with that budget that you had set aside for the charity that we work with? And I knew the answer is like nothing. All the things got canceled. So I said, if you guys funnel that money here, all we need to do is cover the costs and we can make a difference. And we didn't realize that we were gonna create this whole movement called the California Love Drop, but that's how we did. I mean, we went to Hogue and I mean, we went to all the hospitals. And the other thing too is because as a team, we had done so much work in the community together. 
it was easy for us because one of the things that the hospitals were afraid of is they were afraid of getting sick themselves. Sure. So they didn't want just anybody bringing food. They wanted a brand that they knew and trusted, somebody that they've worked with in the past because they turned a lot of people away because they didn't want to get sick, right? And they didn't know where the food was being made, who made it, any of that, but they knew Wahoos. So Yogurtland, they knew, they knew Monster, they knew him. So the four of us kind of teamed up and then we just started going together. And then we got all of our other friends to kind of, that said, if you don't have a product that we can take, then you got to give something to, for us to go together. Antus Roofing, Charles, my best friend in this whole thing, he jumped in very reluctantly. He was like, this is so uncomfortable. But once he saw it, he goes, this is what you're doing. He goes, this is what we're doing. We're actually going to the front door of the hospital. The nurses, the staff comes out. Giving people a little bit of this. Yes, Give people a little everybody. bit of this. Yeah. And there it goes. So I said, everybody, we got to have a little bit of faith here, right? That this is going to be okay. So two things, right? I was able to save additional stores from closing, right? I was able to repurpose a lot of the product initially, and then we got the ball rolling. But more important, it became this movement. And last week we celebrated our 100th drop. I mean, we've been to almost every hospital, police station, fire station in Southern California. And it's been the most rewarding thing that all of us together have done in our lives because when we go to a charity event, you know, we are raising money for a cause, but we're not there because we're not the doctors. We're not the, you know, the environmentalists, you know, digging, whatever. We're allowing the funds to be used towards that. But when you're actually bringing the stuff to the frontliners, the reaction, the love, the energy that you get, you, you, there's not enough money to say what it's worth because you can't pay for it, right? You gotta get it. The only other place I know is why people go to church, right? Because you got you get that, right? Yeah. You, it reminds you where you are and where you need to go and what you need to do. But all the other charity stuff, the galas, the golf tournaments, they're nice, but it's not the same as going there. And a lot of us that work with kids have that, I'm good, but I don't wanna go to the shelter. Because it, it is a little, you know, it reminds you of us, oh my God, there are poor people in our neighborhoods, right? Yeah. But when you come and you bring the food, all the stuff, like we're doing toy drives back to schools. I mean, we've been to Compton, the, the hood. I mean, but it's, you see that. And when you see their eyes and their reaction, right? It, it's, that's the energy that it's like, all of my crazy friends, like you are absolutely insane. We're not going to Watts. Once they go, it goes, when are we coming back? <laughs> you know, because yeah. it, it took the pandemic for me to not just drive through Watts, but to actually go there. And people go, do you realize this is where all the, sh and the shootings are happening? Goes, I have no idea because I know where I'm going and we're going to help this group, the sister of Watts, and see what happens. Yeah. And now we have this great bond with them. They call us. I mean, we did the food first and we did the back to school. Now we're getting ready for the holidays and we know exactly where our product is going. And we're collecting stuff that you've never even seen. I mean, there's a great company here in Santa Ana called Suavecito. They make hair product, facial, and all the beard stuff. They're like, we need toiletry stuff. They're like, how much can we give you, right? And that's the stuff that just like, oh my God, this oh, is- that's, 
That's, you know what I mean? That's, I remember um, when, I, when I was back in Southern California, we, I worked with this group that was helping the people of uh, East Side Costa Mesa. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Micah, Micah CDC. Yeah. And they did one of the coolest things I've ever seen. They opened up a Christmas store for a neighborhood. Yeah. And then they gave out you know, the, the number of coupons for the number of kids in the houses. So, and then everything was 99.9% .9 off. So everything was donated. So then you looked at the sticker, hundred bucks, right? So $10. Here you go. Yeah. And then you brought these people in in cycles. So you had three cycles, you had three of everything, but yeah. they shopped. Those moms saved money. And that might've only been $5. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they saved the money. Yeah. They, they bought Instead of having someone go, hey, I heard your kid needed a shirt yeah. here. And they're like, Tommy doesn't like blue, but Tommy's getting blue. You know, it's just the way it works. <laughs> they're walking through Tommy's favorite color is, is yellow and his sister's favorite color is black. I don't know why this is. Kids are crazy, but they get to go buy. Yeah. And you're with them and they're getting done buying. And to your point, that energy, that thing, right? And it's such a... You're walking out and you're like, hey, I had a buddy go, do you want me to help you walk this to your car? And you know, he's like, I don't have a car. So like, okay, well, I'll, I'll help you walk it back to your place. And I was like, no. He goes, I got it. So he grabs all the bags and he thinks it's going to yeah. be like a block, right? Because we all live in Newport and you, you don't really go that far. Yeah. And we are at 17th and 55 right there. Or not, yeah. 50, but Newport Boulevard right there. Yeah. We're right there. She walks way back i'm talking like 15 blocks back and then yeah. north over in yeah. that uh yeah over in that east 17 way back side <laughs> he's gone for an hour wing he comes back he's like did you know how far she lived i was like yeah bro these people they're struggling they don't have cars like he goes i would have driven i was it's <laughs> good for you he goes but he saw it and then the next year they did it and you know they wanted to do it again and then they also wanted to can I write a check so you can buy more stuff so they can, you know, experience more things. And I, I bring it up because your point's so, so genuine and, and true of, you gotta experience it. Yeah. You gotta, come you gotta be vulnerable, yeah. right? To, to do it. I wonder in the world where we don't know where events are gonna happen, but now you've had this experience, experiences, I should say the hundredth, right? Yeah. Where, um, you know, could this in your mind in some capacity replace some events, especially with the connection that you and others have with it now? You know, it's because I don't see, you know, like now that everybody, our whole team has seen it and we got people that have done a lot, a lot of community events, mm -hmm. look forward to doing this because you get to touch and feel, right? It's not like you raise a hundred thousand dollars and you just write the check. Mm -hmm. Here's, a few dollars, but like you said, the smile, the, the energy and all that, you can't get it, right, from that. So this, the amount of satisfaction, so it's one thing to be able to say, hey, I raised $200,000 for the cure, whatever you wanna call it, right? It's another to be at that shelter or to be at that hospital. So it, it's not that one is better than the other, it's just that now that I've always been at the gala, oh my God, we gotta raise a million dollars and that was the goal. Yeah. But you get dressed up, you're at a nice hotel, you're doing all that, which is great. But right now, I don't see that starting anytime soon because the idea right now is we're going to do a little Zoom gala. And I'm thinking to myself, 
I'm going to give you $2,000 for whatever. And I'm going to be dressed up in my own house where I could be in my pajamas. He goes, what's the attraction, right? There's yeah. no motivation, right? So it's not like we're going to get dressed up and we're going to go out. We're going to get on in front of a computer and hold cocktails and do all this. I'm like, I'd rather go to the hospital, you know, for that same 2000 and help 200 plus nurses, right? Yeah. So the whole different thing. And at a certain point, when, whenever the galas become back to normal, then we're going to go do those because yes, it's nice to raise a half a million dollars and impact a lot of people. Sure. But right now, uh, we're just trying to have a little bit of fun and nobody knows what's going to happen, right? We just know that it's not, we're going into winter right now. There's another whole wave coming through. So we're just going to do what we can to help, you know, and even the orphanages right now, uh, I got a call from one of my buddies and went, hey, we got an orphanage in Mexico. They need stuff. So I made a couple of phone calls and they're like, oh my God, this stuff is being sent to Mexico. Said, well, that's what you asked, right? <laughs> we can't help everybody, but they needed shoes. And luckily for us, Vans Shoes is based here in Costa Mesa. Yeah, I was going to say, and, you, got, you got a couple of shoe spots right there and Vans is... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. They've taken so quite a great. I mean, every time I call him for something and he just it said yes or no, but 90% of the time it's yes. And the next question is, what do you need? Like, how many of it do you need? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, you guys have like, especially in the last probably eight months, it seems like you two have been on a mind meld of oh support and bringing people up and helping small companies out yeah. and helping nurses and first responders. I mean, my, my LinkedIn is just up and down, up and down, up and it, it's, and I love it. And that's what, that's, what, that's part that, that I miss of Orange County is, is that even in that bigness, there's just yeah. these, these small groups that, that are impactful and want to help. And you're not seeking the publicity it's, no. you know, at, at all. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny, and, and I say this, I've said this a couple of times this podcast, but, you know, everyone asks, hey, what should we expect? It's like, it's a conversation. We're sitting around the fire. We're having a beer. The you know, show's on, whatever. It's just a conversation. And there have been some, and I've been canceled these interviews, and they're like, hey, um, can we make sure that you ask me these three questions and that you mention <laughs> these two awards? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, folks. I just got booked for something else called sleep and I can't make it anymore. And I just don't respond back, you know, and I, and I, I bring that up because it's like, one, I know you don't care. You have this heart of, of giving, but two, it's fun folks. This is what this is about is, is enlightening and sharing because you're not going to see a video promo reel going out on Facebook of you running in slow motion to first responders and then sliding on your knees up and there's a taco in your hand. And she's like, I'm, I have a gluten intolerance. You're like, and I've got a bowl too. You know, it's just, you know, it's not going to happen because you just do it because you like to do it. So I bring it up because one, I'm proud to know you. And two, I'm proud of, of Southern California and all the other entrepreneurs and business owners you've inspired that, that keep moving this ball forward. I'm proud to see that because it gives hope across the board, right? I mean, yeah. mom and dad, obviously very proud, but it's, I think it's, it's more than that. I think now it's, you know, forgive me if, if I'm being a little hyperbolistic here, but I don't think I am. You're, you're entering into this legacy part, it seems like, Wing, where it's like, hey, I don't want to be just known for 
Wahoos, which is great to be known for, but I want to, I want the impact of my heart and who I am that's being carried through in my brand to be carried through in my community in a different way. Am I? Yeah. It, like I said, it's good to know at least the food is good, right? Nobody, I don't get too many, I hate your food kind of a thing, right? But even nicer, it's to be able to, to have people always say, he's a really nice guy, right? And I get that a lot. And it goes, and he really gets, you know, and that's what I want. I mean, I don't want, oh, he, he drives this, he has his, you know, the material things is like, it's nice, don't get me wrong. But in the end, you know, there's always, like I said, somebody who's going to have a bigger house, bigger car, whatever. So it really doesn't matter. But a lot of my friends are, man, it just what you have in this little, you know, body of yours, they wish they had. And I'm like, you can do it. It's not like I'm preventing you from doing it, but you got to stop thinking about yourself and just truly get out there and think about others. And everybody goes, well, that's fine. And I'm really sorry. You're not going to be able to get that until you just, right, change the mindset and, you know, and have a little faith that people are going to really come back and, 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 and think and thank you you know, for what you do, but don't do it for that reason. So you can get a, oh yeah, you know, the award thing. I mean, God, I, that thing just drives me crazy. Yes, it's nice, but that's not why we do it, right? You do it because it's in your DNA, right? And Eric at Blue Sea, I'm in his office here. You know, this is what we do. You know, we have fun doing this, but we're working. We're always trying to figure out the next move and always have hope and faith that we're going to get there. Yeah. And I, you know, I think it's, you know, you've, you've proven it's a lot more than hope and faith, right? It's a lot of hard work and proper execution, but you are, you know, to, to lightly reference the movie here, you are the surfers on the sand a little bit. You are, you know, you, you break rules a little bit here and there on, you know, and, and that's good. I have to ask Mr. Lee sauce. When do I get to find that? on a store shelf, sir. I you know one of these days, it's something that we've talked about forever, right? Oh, it's, the best. It's, it's, it's my dad's secret sauce, right? That he's made for, when he had his own restaurant, uh, the Shanghai Pine Garden on Bob Island. So we basically borrowed it because he used to little bring a little bit at a time. And then my employees got it. Then our customers got it, the original store. And then kind of things took a life of its own. So we think about it, but uh, we haven't found it to be what I call a shelf stable because you got to do sure. things too, right? Yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll do a thing maybe once a year or whatever quarter where we make a batch, you know, refrigerated and see, just talking to you now, maybe think of it. And then you got to pre-order it. And on this day, kind of like some beer companies do, right? And mm -hmm. this is all you can get. And here's your little jar. Then it's refrigerated and you take it and, you know, put it in your refrigerator. Just put right. an expiration date on the side, yeah. Ooh, right yeah. on the side. Yeah, and it's got to look, because most of the, all the ingredients are dried and mm -hmm. then we wet it with oils. So it's, it should be pretty stable, right? And a good shelf life. But you know yeah. what, that's a great idea. Maybe we'll do that, you know, for the next, maybe Chinese New Year's. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in Southern California once a month for a week. All right, I will rent a car for the day. <laughs> that's a great idea. So we'll, we'll do it like say quarterly. Right, you got to get on this list, yeah, this family list, and and then we can say part of the proceeds go to this charity, right? I yeah. think it's 
I, I, I'm on it. See, get a little give back kick in, right? And then also because I've got that, then yeah. I've got it. So everyone else is like, oh, what's this is, you're like, no, 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 you can't get this. I'm on a list. Yes. Did you get on the list? Mm, <laughs> so you're kind of hoping to get the second batch. Because yes. if you did a thing with a batch of it's like, listen, 10 people on the list, this yeah. is a batch or whatever it is. One, your email database, obviously, you know, the marketing side, but then two, they've got that batch. Now they're, yeah. now they're always in that batch. Now then you've got to go find 10 more people or however more people for the next batch. Yeah. You got to bring your friends in. Got a batch alert. <laughs> Tammy finally brought her friend in. We're getting Mr. Lee's. <laughs> I love the idea of it. So let me figure it out because Oh. Because if we don't know the cost in my head, I was oh yeah yeah yeah. At the store, then I think we can avoid the majority of the cost because the sauce itself is not very expensive. The shipping is the expensive part. Sure. Oh no, yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah. folks, you all that we have. So I have a, a large base in uh, in Russia and the Philippines. I don't know why. I don't market there, but okay. Hey, y'all don't know what we're talking about. Let me tell you. <laughs> Fly to Southern California. <laughs> Take me to Wahoos. Yes. Boris Natasha, Moose and Squirrel. We go to Wahoos. Go to Wahoos. <laughs> get the Maui bowl. Yeah. Brown rice. Yeah. And get that steak tossed in Mr. Lee's sauce. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> and that's all you got to do, folks. That's all you got to do. We, I know we're, 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 we want to cut it tight on an hour uh, because uh, you, have a, you have family to get to and I appreciate the time, but I got a couple more questions for you if you don't mind, sir. Oh, absolutely. You got a family, mm -hmm. you got, you know, you, you've got young, youngins around and everything else. Okay. What's, the, uh, what's the legacy you want to leave for them? Just that their dad, you know, was a good guy more, first of all, a great dad, right? But more important that I allowed my son to do all the things he wanted to do because I want to be not pushing him to do things, but give him the opportunity to try everything, right? So right now he he loves and hates Taekwondo because Taekwondo at this age is about discipline. So he doesn't like that part, but he loves the kicking and punching part of it, right? But that's the stuff. So, it, but it gives them like, uh, like a sense of like what's right and what's wrong, right? And the way he should treat others, right? So I think that's the key. It's like giving him that, uh, I guess, the, the 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 line to walk, right? You just give him the path, right? You know what's right and what's wrong. Don't you know? Like help the little kids. And that's Levi is really our, my son is Levi, right? He's really good bringing the other kids along for the, like when they go on the nature walks, all the stuff that they do, he's always making sure that everybody's having fun and kind of like a little bit of mom and dad in him, right? Yeah. Because we're always very inclusive, right? And that's, I think, and the fact that given the choice, which I think it's kind of funny, I drive a Wahoo's wrapped vehicle, mom drives a nice station wagon, right? <laughs> so <laughs> given the choice, he always wants to go with me home from wherever we're at if we meet at somewhere. And my, okay. my son will say, hey, can I go in dad's car? Because it's kind of cool, right? So yeah. that is kind of fun that, you know, he's getting that enjoyment because he sees the other parents and other kids when we're at school being dropped off. And the other kids goes, well, how come my dad doesn't have a car like that? And it's not the size of my car, but it's the fact that it's wrapped, right? Yeah. I'm kind of giving my son that little coolness 
thing that I wish I had when I was a kid, right? So I'm giving them all the stuff and also giving them a sense of pride and all the things that are that right and wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So that to me is the most important. We make sure that he's going to be the man he wants to be. I give him all the tools, right? But not give him the entitlement because you still have to eat your dinner before you can get to the dessert, right? So we want to make sure we give him all the senses, you know? I love it. Uh, my daughter, after one Taekwondo, came to me and she goes, Dad, I, I can't go back. And I said, wow. oh, do tell. She goes, <laughs> someone told someone else to shut up. And I'm appalled by that language. And then just got into her car and sat down and buckled in to her car seat. Wow. And, you know, later I find out is they made her do extra sit-ups for talking in class. But... <laughs> <laughs> but but that's you. She played this little cute little game of I was for me. I mean, hmm? shut yeah. up. I am seven years old. How dare they? You see though? Because it, that that's what they do. It's not so much about the hitting and the kicking. No. It's, yeah. It's, it's the that. behavior, it's all the good stuff. It's all, yeah. the, it's all the work stuff that they're just like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put a hard pause on this one. You have, uh, you have five guests. Yeah. Let's make it six plus you. So a nice seven, a nice round number of seven people at a table. What's the thing you want to, what, what's the meal you want to set up? Appetizer, dinner, dessert that describes you as a person. Yeah. I wouldn't say so much the, the meal, but it, the proteins. Sure. Obviously, I like lots and lots of fresh vegetables. I love eating salads literally almost every day, right? So anything that we in an abundance of field greens, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's cooked or raw, anything that has a lot of vegetables, right? So again, it could be grilled, cooked. I mean, that, I'm not worried about that. But lots of vegetables. I love my seafood. So anytime I can have crab, lobster, fish, oysters, clam, any abundance of the sea, right? And again, I like grilled items a lot, right? But I'm not opposed to the Asian inspired or the Greek inspired. So I'm not worried about the sauces as much as the abundance of, you know, seafood. And there's always, you gotta have a little, you know, earth in the meats, right? So a little bit of lamb, a little bit of beef, a little bit. Of, so again, all that, and always to me at the end, you know, you gotta have a little sweetness. I love chocolates, right? So anything with a nice dark chocolate finish, right? And a great bottle of wine. And that's my other thing. I have some amazing friends that make, you know, wines, whether they're from Mexico or from California, and we enjoy them. And that's it, you know? So again, breaking bread with your friends, you know, it's about just having a nice abundance. And I guess the perfect dish that would be easy is like that, what is it called? The, 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 the crab boil, whatever. When they do all that. Oh, that yeah. The crocker spoils. Yeah. yeah. Just throw it but, all in. But the problem with that is, is it is messy, but that's kind of the idea. You just have a lot of different things. And it, it, I don't like to be doing this, right? I don't want small portions. I just want abundance, right? So it's not that a quantity, but variety, right? Because yeah. I don't want to be stuck eating one little thing. I just a little bit of everything, you know? I love that, you know? No, that's, that's, I mean, and that is, it's a beautiful way to express it, right? Because it's like, it's not about abundance, it's about variety. It's about these little things, right? The, the multitude of opportunities you can have 
in looking at no matter what's going on, and this is as I'll wrap this up, no matter what's going on from starting a business of, you know, your, your unique design and look on tacos to making that survive to meeting a pandemic and to answering it's, well, this is a name they trust. This is the variety they trust. These are, this is the things that they trust. Here we go. Well, this is my gut that I trust. You know, this is the desire that I trust. Here I go. Yeah. You know, uh, smart principles, good business, you know, it, it does all those things and then builds, you know, obviously your confidence and your trust. Um, I know you got to get to your family, but thank you so much for that one. Thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate it. And to have this, knowing that you were, it was the, the documentary you had a speaking part in with. Um, uh, it would be, it's gonna be uh, the opening night at the Coastal Film Festival next weekend on Saturday at in Laguna Beach at the ranch. Nice, and okay. It'll be fun. It's, it's a documentary about Bruce Brown and his life and all the people that you know in his life and I joke about it, I have a small little cameo. Uh, Dana Brown, his son, and another friend, Greg Jacobs, were the producers of it. So, and the directors, I, I don't know all their unofficial titles, but it's kind of fun because now I feel like I don't have to tell everybody that I know because now I mean the movie kind of a thing. <laughs> so it's like I got the wave because here's the video of it, right? So it, it is kind of exciting. Uh, I, I've missed a bunch of the premieres, so I'm hoping to see it next Saturday. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, you're, you know, it's, it's another testament to who you are. And I think a larger testament to two things that we've talked about here a lot, community and, uh, and giving people space and, and, and grace and where you may think you're good and they're not as good to where the same person who the, the, the roles are, are, are reversed. And whether it's a, uh, a movie or a relationship that you're able to pull in to help nurses and first responders out across the way, it does come back to, uh, to kind of the DNA and, and what you guys have created. And it's, it's part of your restaurants and we see it, sir. It's part of you talking to you, obviously. I don't think anyone could ever miss that in any of the interviews you've done. Um, and I appreciate that. So thank you again so much for your time. This thank is a lot of fun. You want Eric to come in and finish up to a quick? No, <laughs> no, I'm going to do a little, I'm just going to hit a little end. And then my daughter is, which I have uh, recorded, sings about the first time she took a poop by herself. And she's very excited about it. <laughs> so, I'll <laughs> see you, you the next time you're down here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll shoot you a message before I head down. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. We'll break some bread and share some more stories. Sounds great, brother. I appreciate you. Be good. Be good.
Do it a one. 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 Do it a